Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit www.bethelchurchaustin.com. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know about you, but that makes me hungry for more. You've heard me say it. I'm going to keep saying it. The testimony of Jesus, Revelation 19.10 tells us that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. But really, what it means is that the, the testimony of Jesus carries this, this anointing, this breakthrough in itself to prophesy that what God has done once, he's willing and able to do again. But the reality is that when we get when we get undone by the love of God, that we realize that the testimony doesn't just point to the testimony itself, but it's pointing to his nature. It's not just that one person got healed of a stroke condition. It's The real testimony is that the healer is in the room. And that if he can do that, then he can do whatever you need. That the God of breakthrough is in our midst. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know about you, but I sure am glad that God likes to come to church. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I think there is an an anointing for increase in the house tonight. Yeah, a lot of our team was just in Reading. Obviously, we were sent from Bethel, Reading. A lot of our team went back. They have a leader's advance annually there for pastors and leaders. So we took a bunch of our team. Twelve of us went. And we just got undone together. And it was, it was powerful. My favorite, one of my favorite moments of the trip was there's a lady named uh, Nell Nicolette. She is Benny Johnson's, Bill's wife. That's uh, her mother. And her, Benny's mom and dad were sitting a couple rows in front of us. And Benny's mom is a firecracker. She's about a five-foot-one firecracker just to the presence of God, and she's, you know, 80-something years old, and she is so full of the Holy Ghost, and she just, you know, you get past that age, you just don't care anymore, right? You just, you do whatever you want, right? And she's, plus, she's the matriarch of the whole deal, right? And, uh, and her and her husband, they, Gene, they've been a part of Bethel since, since the foundation of Bethel over 50 years, like 56 years or something, they've been a part of uh, Bethel Church. It's amazing. And uh, she, right there in the middle of one of the sessions, she was getting full of God. She's turning around, and she's just at our team. She's just like, more, 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 more. Like, and I just said, uh, I, I just, we just, so I just got the whole team in the, in the aisle and just had her lay hands on us. And our team is just, just piles. The matriarch of the whole movement just laid hands on us and commissioned us to bring it home to you. So uh, there's, uh, there's increase in the atmosphere. Just look at your neighbor and tell him, you better get ready. Increase is coming your way. And uh, I just want to take a moment and just recognize... Um, our team here, and, uh, and my brother got to preach last week and tore it up. How many people were here for that? 
Amazing. And, uh, and so we mentioned 12 of us went. Um, one couple, Shane and Stacy, came back early. They left Reading. They left the house at like 5 a.m. or something to, to get back in time to be at service. So they were here holding down the fort. But that still meant 10 of our core leadership team was in another state. And I remember the, the day before the service, maybe it was the morning of, I, I looked at my wife and I said, there's 10 of our team in a in a whole different state, and I'm not worried one ounce about service tonight, are you? And she looked at me and said, no, I'm not worried either. That's an amazing testament to the team, the strength, the depth of team that we have. That would be, listen, I don't know if you've been around, you know, church world much, how long, but for any church, right, for that much of the team to be gone, but especially for a church that is like eight months old, come on, thank you, Jesus. God's doing something. All right, you ready to get in the Word tonight? <clears throat> I'm, ta- I'm talking tonight about your new life equals your new story. Because God gives us new life, amen? And if you got your Bibles, I want you to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 6. And we just got to witness a whole bunch of people making an an outward statement of an inward commitment, saying, God, I I live fully for you, and I want the whole world to know it, that we can can say yes to God in our heart, in private, we can pray the prayer, but that water baptism is a public decree. It's a public declaration that's saying, God, I'm yours, and I want everyone to know it, and I'm going to live for you, and there's power in the baptism. Come on, there is power in the baptism, amen? Because in that moment, we don't just die with Christ, but thank goodness that we do, right? That God sent his son to live blameless and spotless. He didn't deserve to die, but he took our sin on himself. Thank you, Jesus. And when when he died, that baptism is partnering Symbolically partnering with that depth that he died on our behalf. That we deserved it, but he took it for us. Can I get a thank you, Jesus, for that? And in, in that, he cleanses us of, of our sin, and he removes that as far as the east is from the west. But the amazing thing is that we don't just die with him, we also are raised together again with him. Thank you, Jesus. In Romans 6, verse 4 and 5 is where I'm headed, but I just, I love context. And God is, and Paul is, is giving this argument of grace and law and talking about the, the grace that God has made available through what he's done for us. We're going to jump in, in the middle of that, in ver, chapter 5, verse 20, and then we're going to read on through. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounds, grace much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Continue on. Chapter 6, what shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin that grace might abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? 
Or do you not know that as many as of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Last verse, for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. That, that, when, we, that when we accept what Christ has done for us, and then we realize that he has died for us, and that we died with him, to be made cleansed, but we also are raised together again with him into newness of life. Thank you, Jesus. But I want to talk about what does this newness of life look like? Because we recently we've talked about out of Romans 8 that, that when we in our spirits cry out, Abba, Father, that our spirit bears witness with his spirit that we are children of God. And not just children, but heirs. And if heirs, then co-heirs. That's so out of this box, crazy, over-the-top amazing. That God didn't just set us free. That he set us free through adoption. He didn't just say, you're released. And that would have been powerful all by itself. Listen, if you're bound to death, if you're being dragged down to hell and he says, you're released, you're like, thank you, Jesus. That's reason enough to celebrate. But he didn't just break the chains and say, good luck, I hope you make it. He broke the chains through the power of adoption. He didn't, he didn't say, you're released. What he said is, you're mine. <laughs> and he took us and, he, and it says that we're children. But it doesn't stop there if children, then heirs. And it doesn't stop there if heirs, then co-heirs. What does that mean? It literally means that what Jesus gets, we also get. What he deserves is what we get. <laughs> but that's actually what it means to be raised again in newness of life. That we didn't just get raised halfway. Come on. <laughs> I thought it was good. <clears throat> that he raised us all the way up by the glory of the Father. So what does this newness of life look like? Thank you, Jesus. That when, that when God raised us up, that again, for review, Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Again, this, this word workmanship in Ephesians 2.10 really is masterpiece. That when God raised us up, how many people know that, that there are no orphans in the kingdom? And then God doesn't make junk. Wow, that'll preach right there. Listen. That God didn't raise us halfway. <laughs> that, that, God, that God didn't just raise us up, like set us free and like, you're dirty, you're broken, but at least you're not chained anymore. No, he kept on raising us into his marvelous light, into the fullness of his love, into complete adoption. 
and that he raised us up not just a, a rough piece of wood, but he actually makes us his masterpiece. Like the, the master sculptor that pours his heart and soul into this creation to draw out all of the beauty. Thank you, Jesus. The, mas- the master sculptor doesn't try to create something out of the clay or out of the stone. He tries to release what God has already stored in it. And that when God raises us up, he makes us his masterpiece. But we are clean and we come up a blank, a blank slate. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody glad that, that God has washed you clean? <laughs> Given you a fresh start. And that, that when God raises us up, that we're a blank slate. We're clean. We're new. The old things have passed away. Sin is removed as far as the east is from the west. Behold, we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Woohoo! <laughs> we're a blank slate that God wants to release his masterpiece upon. The problem is that the, our old man doesn't always know that he's dead. <laughs> and, that, and that when we come up and we are this blank slate, we are in this new creation, the question then is if we're a blank slate that God wants to move forward into his purpose and his glory, the question is who is holding the paintbrush? Because the question isn't, have you been made new? That's settled. It's true. What do we do with this newness of life? How do we, how do we respond? Because God's the one who's supposed to be holding the paintbrush. The master artist. Creating his masterpiece. But we have this old man who was supposed to be dead in the baptismal, but sometimes he tries to whisper from the grave. And in every culture and society, there's you can go somewhere, you can go to the pub in England, you can go somewhere and you can find a bunch of old men telling stories. The problem with old men telling stories is they, they tell old stories. Old men tell old stories because that's all they know. Can I get an amen? So your old man, when he tries to talk to you, your old man doesn't talk to you about the newness of life. Your old man tries to tell you an old story. But the word of God says that he has raised you up in the newness of life. Through the glory of the Father. That you are a blank slate. And you have the master creator, artist, holding the paintbrush right before you, and then just at that moment, the old man goes, but wait a minute. God's about to stroke, begin to stroke his promises. He's about to begin to release his destiny, and he's starting to create, but then the old man pipes up. Maybe he needs to be deeper than six feet, I don't know, but he tries to pipe up and say, hey, wait a minute, you can't do that. And he starts to tell you your old stories. 
And he starts to tell you about who you used to be. And he begins to tell you about your, your old limitations. And he begins to remind you about the things that you had done in the past. Even though God says that those are dead and buried. That he tries to whisper to you, thank you, Jesus. But we know that his whisper is just a lie. And that, that we have the power as new creations to choose who we listen to. Are we going to listen to the old man tell his old stories about our old life? Are we going to listen to Christ Jesus through the Holy Spirit tell us about everything that's possible in God? The old man has an old lens, <laughs> but the Holy Spirit is looking through the newness of life. And when he starts to speak, he tells you not what's possible for the old you. He tells you what's possible for the new you. When the Holy Spirit starts to speak to you, he, he begins to speak to you and, and he tells you, for with God nothing will be impossible. Listen, Jesus speaking to his disciples in Matthew 26, verse 23, then Jesus said to his disciples, sorry, Matthew... I didn't write the chapter down. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Surely I say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Do you realize that, that the parables, that the parables over and over again were specifically designed to give the disciples a new lens, a new paradigm, a new shift, a way of looking at things? Come on. Has Jesus raised anybody to newness of life in this place? When, when the Holy Spirit speaks... The new man, the old man is silent. Here's, here's the reality, though, for many of us is that we that we have the we have the Holy Spirit speaking, and we have the old man speaking at the same time. And here's what happens. God begins to speak to you about promise. And he says, You're called to do great things. I want you to take the first step towards this new destiny, this new life of fulfillment in me. I want you to step out and take this risk in me. And you start to feel this faith arise, this unction. Your, your new spirit is responding. But then the old man goes, but wait a minute, you can't do that. Let me remind you who you are. The problem is he's telling an old story. He's looking through an old lens. And he begins to remind you of, of your, your shortcomings and your shortfalls and all the sins of the past and all the reasons why you can't. You know, the reality is, is that when we are baptized with Christ, that that old man dies. 
And he only has as much authority as we give him. Here's the thing is that we feel like that when this wrestle starts to happen, this, this God's promise is hanging there, but we have this old voice whispering in our ear, and we, this dichotomy, this wrestle is happening, it starts to tear us apart. And we think that we have to wrestle the old man back down into the grave. But the reality is, is that Christ died for us. That we, didn't, that we didn't first die for him, he first died for us. The reality is we don't have to win through wrestle, we win through surrender. And that, and that, when, we, that when we stop the wrestle, we say, I don't have to convince myself, I don't have to convince the old man, I don't have to argue with your ways, I don't have to one-up you with, with why I can't, all I have to do is surrender again, submit to the adoption of my father, and he doesn't say, you're free. He says, you're mine. And at that point, the old man has nothing left to say because he's back in the grave where he belongs. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And this, and this surrender... Not wrestle, but surrender, God. You're a good father. That you, that you not only died for me, but you raised me up to life with you. Again, you have good promises that you're a master artist. And that this, this empowers me. It emboldens me to take that step again. That that he's drawing me, he's calling me, I can, he's starting to stroke and I can see the picture forming and I'm taking one step at a time. Do you know, I think that faith has been misrepresented for too long as, as this. Faith looks like I always know what's about to happen next. And you got the man of God and you got the like, I, I, always, I know what's going to happen next. When I pray, God answers, and he does it the way I tell him to do it every time. I could think of a few things to say about that. But listen, faith isn't, I know exactly what's going to happen next, because we're not in control. Faith is, I don't know what's going to happen next, but I know that when I step out, something good is about to happen. Thank you, Jesus. On our way to Reading, we just talked about being in, in California. On the way to Reading, we're, we had a couple of flights to get there, and we're in LAX, and we're getting on our flight. We're about to go to our flight to Reading. I had gone down, uh, used the restroom or something, and I was coming back to where the team was, and I see this lady hobbling by with a boot on her, on her leg, on her foot, and I have the unction of the Holy Spirit. The new man starts talking about possibilities that, that are available in this newness of life. And I'm like, oh, she's a lady. She's by herself. And I'm like, oh, it'd be great if I had my wife. So I'm like, let me go get my wife. But when I get to the team, they're, they're in line boarding the airplane. And I'm like, oh, no, they're boarding already. And this lady, and I'm like, what do I do? And I'm like, ah, the plane will wait. <laughs> 
So I grab her name. I said, come with me. And so we run back to this gate. We go to this lady. She's sitting there eating a sandwich with her foot up on the chair. And I'm like, excuse me. Like, we don't have a lot of time, right? So I'm just like, excuse me. This might sound crazy, but we love Jesus. We pray for people a lot. They get healed. Would you mind if we pray for you? She looks at us with big eyes. And she says, that would be great. And she says, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer, and I was just lamenting to the Lord this morning that nobody, I'm a believer, I go to church, and nobody, I have this big boot on my foot, and nobody has offered to pray for me. And she was lamenting to God that morning. She heard the Father whisper saying, don't worry, I'm going to take care of it. <laughs> and So... Renee and I get to pray where we put lay hands. And look, the, the team is boarding the plane, right? We're like, okay, we got to go quick. Good thing it doesn't take long. Thank you, Jesus. So we, we put our hands on her and on her, on her foot, and we, and we start to pray. And this lady starts to cry. Not just cry. She starts to weep out loud at the gate. I mean, she's weeping. Like, people are looking like, what is happening? And I'm like, what is happening here? And she, she says she, that not only is the pain leaving her foot, but she can literally feel things shifting and moving in her, in her foot as the pain's disappearing. And she thanks us. She thanks us for being the only ones to stop and pray for her. And it's, it's that unction of the Holy Spirit that comes through the newness of life. That if, we, that if we stop long enough, the old man will try to, try to speak too. You're going to miss your plane. You don't have time. Just get on the plane. Someone else will pray for her. Don't worry. The only problem is nobody else was praying for her. Thank you, Jesus. We have a good God. Amen. <clears throat> Faith isn't, I always know what's going to happen next. You know, those, that's the gift of faith. And those moments are sweet. But living in faith looks like, I don't know what's going to happen next. But I know it's going to be good. And in fact, it's probably going to be better than I think. Thank you, Jesus. Do you have this? You got, I'm going to show you a short video. A new creation. This is a picture, an image of being a new creation in Christ Jesus. You got that video ready. We start out a, a blank slate. We're like, God, I'm raised to life again. I'm a blank slate. Do your work in me. And then we're like, yes, this is awesome. I know this is what I expected. This is what I signed up for. We got the cross and we got... Oh, wait, what's happening? There's more going on here than I expected. Wait, now, now you're really messing up my world. What's, what's going on? It's getting dark. Oh, no, it's like a dark night of the soul. What is happening? I still have the cross, though. I can cling to the cross. Wait, oh, my goodness. God, this can't be you. This is not what I signed up for. What is happening to my world? 
I thought I was in a dark night of the soul last season. Now I know I'm in a dark night of the soul. God, I'm crying out to you. Oh, there you are. Yes. I under, wait, I th- wait, where'd you, wait. I thought we were good. Now we're not good. What is happening? Oh, my goodness. It's got to stop now, right? Oh, no. I'm upside down. You've taken my whole world, and you've turned it upside down. But wait. There it is. Better, better than I thought. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> the question isn't, have you been given a blank canvas? The question is, what are you going to do with it? And hearing and faith go hand in hand. But it doesn't say that faith comes from the Word of God. It says faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. That the Word of God trains our ears. It gives us the capacity to hear what the Spirit is saying. And in John 7, 38, it promises that we will have rivers of living water flowing out of our innermost being when we, when we believe in him as the scriptures have said. Come on, God has unlocked something and the word of God tells us about what he's unlocked for us. It gives us the capacity to hear, to receive and understand. Thank you, Jesus. For if we've been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. I want to ask you, what's possible? What's possible in your, in your new life, in your resurrected form, with your blank slate? I want to ask you, what's possible? And when you ask yourself the same question, I don't want you to listen to the old man. I don't even want you to wrestle the old man. I want you to listen to the Holy Spirit. I want us to surrender all over again. But I tell you, when God, when God comes to touch our canvas, he doesn't just draw pretty pictures and flowers all the time. He comes with the all-consuming fire. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. That when God comes, that God shakes everything. And when he begins to paint, he might, he might sear it in so deep that you will never be the same again. In fact, I think that's the idea. And to some people in the room, he's saying, you're going to be the next Tim that's preaching in open-air markets and hundreds of Muslims are getting born again and breast cancer is disappearing. Come on, withered hands are being restored. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Some of you are called to start businesses that are going to transform society. Some of you are called to steward kingdom resources and wealth and finance. 
Come on. Some of you are called to the realm of creativity that brings true kingdom reformation and cultural change. Some of you are called into the education sphere of influence. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you are called into government. Thank you, Jesus. But it all comes when we surrender to the Holy Spirit that's telling us what's possible in this resurrected life. Come on, thank you, Jesus. When we let the master carpenter and the master artist hold the paintbrush and do the sculpting, I feel the Holy Spirit in here. (laughs) So strong. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When he comes, everything changes. Come on, Joshua trembled before the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Some of us are going to have fire shut up in our bones. Come on. Do you know that when, that when the, the soldiers came to re- arrest Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus said, who are you looking for? And, 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 they, and they said, Jesus, we're looking for Jesus. And he said, I am he. But do you know the word he there isn't in the Greek? His response to them, who are you looking for? His response is, I am. Do you know the next thing it says? The entire, the entire platoon that came to arrest Jesus, it says they fell back. The actual little translation is that their bodies failed them. At the very, at the very the decree, who are you looking for? We're looking for Jesus. I am. The whole platoon got slain in the spirit. It's in your Bible. <laughs> Our translators like to make everything so palatable. Jesus didn't come to be palatable. He came to change the world. Thank you, Jesus. And I believe there's fire of increase in the room right now, tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Dylan, is somebody able to come and take us to another level? I feel fire in my bones right now. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. In, in, God's, in, God's, in God's economy, there can't just be one Tim going to Sierra Leone. Come on. And there can't just be one person who stops in the airport at the nudging of the Holy Spirit. Come on, it can't just be one person who who can recognize the fire of God falling on the man who's being healed of a severe stroke. Come on, it can't just be one. It has to be the whole family. Whoa. I feel like there's upgrade in the atmosphere tonight. In Jesus' name. And I'm just going to release some fire on whoever wants that upgrade tonight. And if you're not interested in that fire, don't worry. We're going to unlock the door soon. You'll be able to escape. (laughs) But behold, we just got a little bit more to do before we got there. Before we get there, because listen, the goodness of the Father, 
whether he sends you into government, whether he sends you in, into education, whether he sends you to the mission field, look, all that is secondary. All that is secondary. Before he sends you, he wants to receive you. That we're, that we're here on this resurrection weekend celebrating the fact that he died for us, but also celebrating the fact that he raised us up to newness of life in himself. And it starts not on the mission field. It doesn't start with the sending. It starts with the receiving. And he didn't just die to say, I broke the chain. You're free. I hope it works out for you. He didn't, he didn't break the chain and sin. He broke the chain he received. He came. He didn't say, you're free. He said, you're mine. And being mine makes you free. That rivers will flow out of our innermost being when we believe in him as the scriptures have said. John 8, 32, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But it's more appropriately translated reality. You will know the reality. Come on, the reality of God is in the room right now. And I saw this Facebook post of a new friend. She's doing powerful things in the, in the technology industry, bringing the kingdom in to places that, that our old man would tell us are untouchable. We're talking about the big time companies, the ones that you've heard of, the ones that you're carrying their products in your pocket and your purse right now. She's bringing the kingdom into those spheres and having revival and God's moving and people are getting saved and healed and baptized. And... But I saw this post and I feel like it was just written so well that I'm just going to read it as it is. And it says this, it says, this is a lady that I know, it says, about six years ago I attended an Easter church service because I felt obligated. The pastor challenged us with something, however, I will never forget. Said this, if Jesus wasn't actually resurrected from the dead, and these people were just making this up, why did 11 men give up everything they had, including their families and their jobs, not to mention were beaten and thrown in jail over and over? And 10 of them that we know have shared the good news of Jesus and endured this suffering until they were martyred. And the other one, we don't know the account. But it seems pretty extreme to cover up a lie. <laughs> Doesn't it? And now this news has spread all over the earth. And two plus billion people believe it to be true. Seems worth exploring at the very least. This is her words. Fast forward and loads of questions and wrestling with lots of things later. But I... But I'm now madly in love with the person of Jesus. He's the love of my life, my husband, and he has forever changed my life for the better. I no longer, listen, this is the old man dead. I no longer find my identity in what others think of me or my job or suffer from severe anxiety. But instead, I have supernatural peace, hope, and joy. And, dis and despite the stress and storms that may come around me, this is not a religious thing, but
but a personal relationship with Jesus. We cannot afford to confuse the two. One is about legalism and cultural traditions. The other is about the creator of the universe who is deeply, madly in love with you and has plans to grow you and prosper you. And the verse, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him, John 3.17. God's going to speak powerfully, and God's going to create wonderfully on this blank slate. And most of the people in this room know what it is to be made clean through the blood of the Lamb. Can anybody give Jesus praise for that tonight? We can have our, some of our ministry team, but it, there might be some of us in the room tonight, I'm sure there are some, that you, that you don't yet have the blank slate. And that's where it has to start. It's the blank slate. And you want that old man to be silent. You want everything that we're talking about tonight. You want to hear the whisper of the loving Father. You want to hear the Holy Spirit speak the promise to you, but it has to start by letting him give you a blank slate and a fresh, clean beginning. He died. He took your sin on himself. I want everybody in the room to close your eyes quickly. But if there's anybody here tonight and you don't know yet this newness of life, you haven't allowed Jesus in to say, you're mine. Now is your moment. It's just as easy as recognizing what he's already done for you and saying yes to it. Is there anybody here tonight that you're saying, yes, I want to give my heart to Jesus and let him cleanse me completely. I want to make a fresh start that you haven't yet given your heart fully to Jesus, but you want to do that tonight, either for the first time ever or you've walked away from God, but you're back tonight because you know that voice is drawing you. And you want him to give you a clean slate tonight again. If that's you and you want to give your heart to Jesus tonight, I just want you to raise your hand. Is there anybody here tonight? You're like, I know that I don't want to leave with the old man owning my life. I don't want to leave with a dirty slate. I want to leave with a clean slate. If that's you, just raise your hand up high. We're just going to celebrate with you and love on you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I see you down here at the front. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to give another moment. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, now's the moment. Everybody else around you can say, Jesus changed everything for me. The last time, and then we're going to move on, and we're going to let the master artist begin to paint on the canvas of our heart, but is there anybody else here tonight that here like, I want to be made clean by what Jesus has done for all of us? Yes, thank you. I see your hand back there. Come on, anybody else? If I'm not seeing it, just point it out. Come on, we thank you for those hands. We had a couple of hands go up. Can we give Jesus praise here tonight?
Listen, we're going to all pray together because it's powerful and it's resurrection weekend. Just grab hands with somebody. And in just a moment, those people that raised your hand, we're going to have some team members that just want to pray with you really quick. But let's all pray this together. Say, Jesus, I love you. But I know that I can only love you because you first loved me. Jesus, I receive what you did on the cross for me. I receive the blood that you spilled for me. That it makes me clean and it makes me new. I receive your death. And I also receive your resurrection. Jesus, I thank you that you've given me new life. A blank slate. And a clean canvas. Jesus, I invite you, the master artist. To begin to create in me all that you see, all that you desire, in Jesus' name, amen. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit www.bethelchurchaustin.com.